Welcome to season five of the For Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcoxon, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. This season, we're going to interview members of our elder team and their wives. Elders were mentioned throughout the Old Testament, yet were established as an official office within the local church by Paul in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 of the New Testament. The Bible also uses the words pastor, shepherd, elder, and overseer interchangeably for the same role. Each season of life and cultural shift brings new opportunities and challenges for the leadership of any church, and we at Redemption Church Gateway are no different. As we continue to navigate change while being faithful to Jesus, it made sense for our congregation to get to know the elder team on this season of the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Matthew and Christy Brazelton. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Jeffrey. All right. So, family overview. Tell us how long you've been married, kids. I think you guys have some pets, so I, that would be kind of fun to explore. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Go ahead, cutie. Uh, well, we've been married for 22? Almost 22 years. Years. And we have five kids and a lot of pets. A lot of, well, I wouldn't, yeah. Couple, like a cat and a dog, and then there's like a lot of animals outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, ages of the kids? Yeah, Bethany's 18, Harper is 17, Benjamin's 16, so yes, that was that was pretty quite close right there. Um, <laughs> Judah, 13, Shiloh, 11. Oh, wow. And then t- tell us a little bit more about the pets. Like, what kind of animals do you have? Are they pets? Or are they animals? Are they a little bit of both? They're pets They're in that pets. they don't produce anything. People will be like, yeah. oh, you have a farm. It's like, no, all we get are eggs. And Yeah, we do get eggs, yeah. which is great, especially yeah. a few months ago when there was an egg shortage and everyone oh, was yeah. losing their minds. Oh, wow, yeah. So we many eggs. Sitting pretty. Uh, most of the animals have names, which makes them pets in our book. That's so true. That we, uh, true. we just got our newest addition are two miniature horses. Whoa. Yeah. Guinness and Jasper. They're very cute. Guinness yep. and Jasper. Yep. Who okay. names, who names the, the pets? Oh, that's me. Chrissy's the oh, name person. Shiloh helped with that one. Our yeah. youngest. Um, Chrissy's fantastic at naming things. Yeah. So. And yeah. I, I think I was surprised when you talked about how calm and, f- and peaceful it is just to sit around and watch the chickens. Oh, yes. I love watching the birds. So we have an area where, like, <laughs> we have chickens and a turkey and uh, guineas and geese and ducks. And watching them all interact is really fun. We have a couple of roosters. So. And the emus. Yeah, we do have emus, which is, I think, my favorite animal right now. Oh. They're hilarious. So funny. What makes them funny? Well, they don't have wings. They have tiny, tiny wings. Like are, really Yeah, more small. like T-Rex t- arms. They look really like T-Rex. So they, when they're running, the only thing they have to balance themselves is their huge necks. And so when they run, they counterbalance. Anytime they turn, they, they counterbalance with their neck. So if you can just imagine a giant neck swinging back and forth as this bird is running, it's really great. And where are you buying these animals? That was a challenge. Chrissy finds them. Yeah, there's Facebook groups for everything. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we had to this drive. This is true. We had yeah. to drive. Yikes. Where did we go? Vista. Sierra Vista. We yeah. had to drive far for those. Yeah. That was, that was the biggest investment. And which, which kids are most drawn to this farm of animals, and which ones are like, eh, that's not my thing? Shiloh, the youngest, yeah. uh, and then Harper. Um, she's an animal lover. Mm. Bethany doesn't even know what we have back yeah. there. She walks out and she's like, what is that? <laughs> when did we get that? Benjamin's so, allergic to everything yeah. and Judah's into it a little oh, bit. Yeah. yeah. Will the turkey land on the table in Thanksgiving in no, November? We had a tom, which is normally what you eat because the toms get bigger. Oh, than okay. But he females. was mean. He was mean. Mean. So we had to get rid of him. Yeah. So he's probably on someone else's table. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not. 
really into slaughtering things. I mean, I know that's like cool now and, and we yeah. eat things sure. that other people sure. slaughter. We yep. just personally don't want to do the deed. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. That, that's, yeah. that's a lot. But yeah. our turkey, our female turkey, her name is Gladys. She does lay eggs yes. and we eat them. Yes. Turkey eggs. I don't think yeah. I've ever had turkey eggs. Yeah. How do, do they taste different than like Pretty, chicken eggs? Very similar. Very you, similar. You could ask Nikki Reeves, one of the oh. other elders wives, oh. because they eat a lot of our eggs. Oh, okay. Yes. She gets a lot of our goose eggs yes. and those are big eggs. Those are very different. Oh, wow. Interesting. But she loves them. A lot them. more yolk. Um, how'd you guys meet? We went to Grace Community Church together in the youth group. So I met him when I was like 14. So high school? High school. Mm-hmm. He was super annoying. Super annoying. Yeah. I still am. Yeah, he can be annoying. But um, <laughs> at, at like 15, 16, like all boys are annoying. But he was he was pretty annoying. Um, so we weren't really friends. <laughs> but I knew him. <laughs> so we count that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a preppy like you know short khaki shorts with cuffs Cuffed. uh boat shoes like the whole preppy scene and chrissy was a total skater like long saggy baggy clothes flannels clothes, flannels hair down in her eyes i had a duct tape tie yeah like we were super different she was extremely quiet and cool i was extremely loud and goofy and nerdy hard to imagine yeah mm. So, so 14, Thanks, 15, babe. you're both, uh, yeah, at very different worlds mm-hmm. and one was very annoying, but when did, uh, the spark happened? Yeah. So the summer after I graduated, uh, I started leading worship for our youth group yep. and, and Chrissy I was, was a guitar sound. player. No, yeah. I was in the band then. Oh, okay. Yeah. So music br- brought us together. It did. Oh yeah. So sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little, hopefully had matured a little bit. Yeah, he, he did. He, he improved. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I got to spend time with you and got to kind of hear your heart cause you were very quiet. It wasn't like you were broadcasting your thoughts out there. No. no. But as I got to kind of know you a little bit more, I was like, wow, this girl's really cool. So that, that was kind of the spark. I think that summer after I graduated, which is the summer before her senior year, so, so was did everyone around you kind of see this uh, blossoming romance, or were p- most people probably shocked when you said, "Hey, we're dating"? You're like, "What?" I think it was pretty surprising. Yeah, I I didn't want to date. Christy wasn't interested <laughs> for a while. I had a plan, and it <clears throat> didn't include a guy, and so yeah. um, when it took he a lot of up, convincing. Yeah, I was. I wasn't like creepy stalking, but I was definitely <laughs> persistent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were nothing if not persistent. Yeah. It was interesting, too. We had a rule, which I think is a, generally a good rule. Our, so we were both serving in the youth ministry, and the rule was in order to be, if you were on staff, you couldn't date the students. Good rule. Right? Good rule. But we also had a rule that said you couldn't join staff the year after you graduate. Like, you couldn't graduate and join staff. You needed to have a year mm. gap. But they they didn't have anyone else to lead worship, and so they offered me an internship, a paid internship, to lead worship. And I said, "This is the business side of me." I said, uh, "You know, everything's a negotiation, Jeffrey." Yes, uh, it is. Well, if we're going to compromise on one rule, <laughs> we need to compromise on another. Because there's this girl. Yeah, yeah, and I knew I held all the cards. They had no other options, so I won that one. They let me date a girl in the ministry because they also let me join staff right out of high school. Oh. Works out well. So, how long did you guys date before uh, getting engaged and getting married? Yeah, Something like a year, ten so, months, a year. I don't know. 
it was about a year of dating and then it was about a year of en- engagement, which was too long. I think it was 11 months of engagement. I mean, we, I was, I was 18. Yeah. We, we were really engaged, young. So yeah, I was 20. We were 19 and 21 when we got married, but that like being engaged for that long was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Would not recommend. No. But that's what we had to do. Matthew was in college. I was, you know, and working. everyone was freaking out. Yeah, they everyone all was thought we were too young because we were the first ones. So. Yeah, first ones in our friend group and first ones in our families. What'd you guys, th- your families think? Oh yeah, they were like they, they were, were writing not, us letters. You know, they were not imploring us. And my dad was really, really against it, which is so interesting because I think he just didn't want to feel responsible if things went bad because his his marriage didn't end well. And so, uh, but it was crazy. This, this, the Saturday after we got married, he took us to lunch and was like, I'm, I'm totally supportive. You guys wow. made the decision. I'm all in. And he's been absolutely all in ever since then. Like he's taken us to lunch literally every Saturday for 22 years. Now all seven. Of now us. he takes all seven of us. So it was like a total change, right? Oh like yeah. Biggest was, fan. Biggest yeah. Fan. Really nervous until, you know, kind of like opposed to it. And then as soon as we got married, he's been all in. My mom's been all in for the record since for the sure. beginning. Yeah, your she mom's, picked out yeah. Matthew before I did. Oh wow. Yeah. You what know, did you think mom, about that? So my yes. mom serves at the coffee counter. You'll see her. Diane, Diane Chan. She doesn't look a lot like me, so you might not know it's her, but Diane She's Chan is hair. my mom. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves her. She's great. We do. Yes, I know. She's great. But yeah, she she just thought Matthew was a great catch. And so, yeah, she was thrilled. Yeah, yeah. Diane was, that's true. I, we shouldn't say my dad is the biggest fan. I think Diane's been the biggest fan. They're both great. They're both great. So I have an And int- my mom's great and her dad's great. Like everybody's great. It's just, they've been probably the most consistently committed to us. <laughs> Through everything. Yeah. So I have a tangential story. Where did yeah. you guys go on your honeymoon? Oh, we uh, we went to Dana Point mm-hmm. in California, which is like a little south of LA yachting town. You know, I think they little had a sweet, law like when town. we drove in, no skateboarding. I was like, okay, so this oh. is this is where we are. Blue um, Lantern Inn, Blue bed Lan- and breakfast. Yes, very romantic. And then we went to Disneyland for two days, which was yeah, great. So really fun. Yeah. But did you guys travel somewhere like when you guys were newly married, like at the airport? Uh, no. Airport. No, I don't think we flew anywhere together until we went to Hawaii after for our fifteenth anniversary. Gosh, what is their story? Well, I I saw both of you in the airport one time before I really knew both of you. Huh. But I, I remember walk by and going, I think that's Matthew and Christy. Yeah, that's them. And I just kept walking because I was working, uh, flying somewhere for work. Huh. But I, yeah, I didn't go over and say hi because I don't. I think I knew of you guys, but I didn't really know you. And wow. so oh, maybe it was Cancun. Oh, we did our first our first anniversary. We got a free trip. Free. Don't ever take a free trip anywhere. <laughs> so On number fun one, yet. yeah, fun yet, fun jet, fun yet. It, number one, it wasn't free, and number two, it was a miserable experience. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. well, you guys were like it. on a bench, and uh, it was kind of like in the terminal, and it looked like you guys were getting papers out or doing something or ah. like getting huh. your plan. And I just walked by and like, Crazy. wonder where they're going, you yeah. know? And so, yeah. So I, I thought funny. about that this morning. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta gotta tell them about that. That's so funny. Um, so you both were going to Grace Community, mm-hmm. um, but when did like Jesus get a hold of your heart? Like, when did you go? Okay, I'm. I'm going to repent and believe that he is a, my savior. Yeah. For both of us, it was before we met. 
that that happened, which mm-hmm. has been great. I mean, it's more of a a journey and a process. For sure. Um, I, yeah, I would probably say like around junior high is when mm. I kind of decided like this is something that I want to pursue and, you know, um, and then just sort of worked through the kind of the, the student ministries model and had small groups and pastors and, you know, learned and grew and, um, you know, went through periods of doubt and questioning and kind of having to wrestle things um, through, which I've st- I'm still doing. Um, yeah, probably the last five, ten years I've been, you know, just in another season of just kind of like figuring things out and um, exploring kind of just the broad Christian traditions and um, yeah, so it, it's it's yeah definitely a journey. I didn't have like a turning point moment um, necessarily, but but yeah, I'd say around thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. And, and was uh, were you raised in a Christian home? So my mom uh, was raised Catholic, became a Christian in college, and then, but yeah, not really until mm. she kind of came back to the Lord in um, when I was like fifth, sixth grade, and so then she came to me and my sister, you know, and kind of was like, hey, I need to tell you something, you know, and kind of presented the gospel to us. And um, so, yeah, so that that was sort of the beginning of it. Um, mm. But, yeah, so maybe like a half-ish Christian home, I guess, yes. Supported. Did you, was that like shocking or surprising when she came and told you that? Or were you starting to see something, you're like, okay, so there's some kind of change or something's going on and with mom, but then all of a sudden she, you know, tells you. I mean, it wasn't shocking because, like, we'd been to church a few times. Okay. Um, I went to Catholic church with my neighbor a few times, so I knew, like, it was kind of out there. But I do remember this moment on the playground when I was really little, being in one of those, like, tunnel slide things, and there was this other girl in there, and, we were, and she was like, so what religion are you? And I remember being like, what is a religion? Like, uh. and I had to go home, and my mom said, just say you're Christian. And I was like, oh. Okay, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was like younger, and then obviously that changed. Um, yeah, yeah. So well, thanks for sharing, Matthew. Yeah, so I had, I mean, like Chrissy said, it's been a journey. Uh, very early age, uh, when I was four, I remember distinctly um, praying to receive the Lord. I was alone in my room at night, uh, listening to a, a Bill Gaither trio cassette tape. So I would always <laughs> listen to music before uh, bed every night, and. Um, that's a Christian, like a Christian group. And uh, at the end of the tape, every night it would say, you'll never know it until you experience it for yourself. That, those were the words they would say. There was like a little bit of talking at the end. And I never knew what that meant. I never asked anyone what that meant. But then one night I really felt the Lord like telling me, like, you need to, you need to trust me with your life. And so, I mean, I was young, but I prayed that prayer. And then I got up and I told my mom and she wrote the date in my Bible. And so I do think like that was a, a significant moment for me. Um, but obviously there was a lot I still didn't know. Uh, my junior high and high school experiences in, in their youth group were incredibly transformative for me. Uh, had a rough, kind of a rough home life. Uh, my parents didn't get along and got divorced when I was a teenager. And so uh, just were paired up with a, a several different mentors throughout those, those junior high, high school years that were incredibly um, formative for me. And so I would say I like my faith really started to become more personal. Um, I had somebody challenge me to, to begin to read the Bible and like, like figure out how to like actually have a relationship with Jesus in that time. And then, uh, in college, um, really began to get challenged. My faith was really challenged at ASU, um, in ways that I 
really wasn't expecting. And so I think that was another significant season where I had to kind of, kind of choose to believe in spite of a lot of like Mm. questions I couldn't always answer. Um, and I think there's good answers out there. It's not that there aren't, but, but, uh, I really kind of had to wrestle through a lot of, a lot of doubt in that season. So, um, so yeah, those would be kind of the three main moments of like, I guess, faith passage or whatever you'd say. And I think a lot of people's faith are challenged at ASU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you, uh, you lead worship and you were leading worship early on. Do you think there's a connection to you listening to worship music and, and then, you know, giving your life to the Lord through the kind of gospel music? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's funny. No, no one's ever asked me that. I hadn't, hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, music's always been really important to me. Uh, we always listened to, my mom always listened to Christian music mm. growing up. It was really lame Christian music, like, <laughs> like super hokey, but that's all I knew. Like, I didn't know it was lame. <laughs> and then when I was like a preteen, I found like Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith and those guys and really loved that. I mean, I'd just sit in my room and listen to those CDs over and over again. Um, and I've always like felt, yeah, like, uh, encouraged by, by that. Yeah. I mean, even today I, I prefer to like listen to worship music if I'm working in the yard or something. So did you guys see the documentary Jesus music? I need to. Everybody keeps telling us. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I I didn't really, uh, I mean, I had some Christian music growing up, but watching that documentary, like, you know, a couple pieces kind of fell into place in my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how they got really popular or why they were kind of um, kind of spearheading kind of modern wow. contemporary Christian music. You should, de- yeah, you both, I think. Yeah, until really I started it. riding the bus in high school, <laughs> I hadn't really listened to any secular music. And it wasn't like I was trying to avoid it. I just never was around it. Yeah. And it's like my dad listened to like really corny, um, what's it called? Southern gospel uh, and like quartet ish kind of song anyway so yeah i'm i always feel really insecure whenever we're around like talking about because i grew up in the 80s and 90s and i'm wherever from around people talking about 80s and 90s bands because it's like i missed those two decades (laughs) (laughs) until i met christy and she got me caught up on counting crows and train and all these oh counting crows yeah yeah great band YouTube um, and all that. So we have two categories for elders. We have staff elders and lay elders. Staff elders are obviously on staff and made up of uh, pastors. And then we have lay elders, which are those that uh, serve on the elder team, but they have uh, careers outside of the church. So Matthew, you're one of our pastors, one of our exec. Uh, what's the official uh, title for those that are listening? I don't know. What do you do? Associate. I think it's executive. super executive. I think lately it's been executive pastor. Um, because that, like, a church our size usually has that title, and I'm the guy that would fit. Like, if you were looking for an executive pastor, I would be the guy that would be able to answer the questions you'd yeah. be wanting to ask. So. Got it. So most people probably know you, obviously, from Sunday, because a lot of times you're leading worship. But tell us about your week. Like, what, what other roles do you play with, within the staff and other responsibilities? Yeah, so I'm part of a small management team that oversees the rest of our staff. We have uh, over 40 people on staff over uh, about 20 full-time and then uh, a bunch of part-time folks. And, um, so a lot of my week involves kind of thinking through, uh, how our staff team's doing, addressing issues, overseeing. So I oversee a number of ministry leaders that oversee staffs and budgets. Um, 
I also oversee kind of our operation stuff. So, um, finance facilities, maintenance, that kind of thing. Uh, and I get to work with production and music. So, which I love. Uh, so yeah. You're doing a lot. I mean, it sounds like a lot. This, sometimes it's a lot. Other times it's like everybody's doing their job so well. I, it, you know, you really like, you really get busy when there's a, an issue, right? When there's a, when there's a problem, but, but when things are going well, it's, it's not too bad. Well, I think once you get to that level also, it's less about what you're doing and more about what advice you're giving or the direction or it's kind of setting the tone or de- helping to develop yeah. and guide uh, junior members of the, of the staff and totally. Yeah. yeah. And volunteers. What, what's a misconception people have about your role? Or have has anyone, or or just being a pastor, like, uh, I mean, one misconception is just that we're somehow on a different level spiritually, or you know, um, like I feel like very much I'm just one of the Christians in the church trying to follow Jesus, and I have good days and I have bad days, and you know, I'm I'm no better of a parent or a spouse or a whatever than anyone else. Like we're all just kind of trying to do this thing together in community. So that's one misconception. Um, I think another one is just depending on how you experience me. Like I don't, um, I don't spend a ton of time in the music space, even though I really love it. And I get, I get to lead worship about half 50% of the Sundays. I really enjoy it. Stephen Griffith does most of the, the, the work on that behind the scenes and does a great job. So, um, so I get to kind of just show up and you're like a featured player. You plug, just kind of show up, plug and in, plug and in and start playing yeah, and singing, which is a huge, huge gift. So, so you weren't always in ministry. Like did, uh, tell us a little bit about your career before um, feeling called to be a, a pastor and, and be in ministry. Yeah. So I have a finance degree from ASU and I have my MBA from ASU as well. Um, so business background was doing financial securities, sales stuff, um, so kind of the typical financial advisor. And then I also kind of dabbled into some of the more fun stuff, which is like uh, derivatives and futures. And I had my series three license, which is kind of a fun thing. Um, yeah. So that, that's my, I guess my, my background other than ministry stuff. And how have you, I mean, I, I know it, but I mean, obviously the listeners would love, how have you, has that experience in the financial world or financial education helped bless our church? Oh yeah. Oh, you know, the other thing is Christy and I owned and ran a, ran a rental house business for over a decade. So that's also part of my uh, vocational background. You're not, you guys aren't in real estate anymore. We are, we have one, (laughs) we have one rental right now in California. Um, but that's, you know, that's a lot less work than what we were doing before. So, yeah. Uh, how has it been a blessing to the church? Is that what you asked? Um, I mean, I'm not, it's interesting when I talk to pastors, I know like a lot of them, like, a lot of pastors obviously are really, really gifted and good with like the soft skills ministry stuff. Um, so the people part, but there are a lot of times they're intimidated by the business side and I'm just not intimidated by it. Mm. So, um, I don't know that I'm better than anyone at it. I just don't feel intimidated by it. So I don't mind kind of leaning into that and making decisions and building structure and budgets and managing that stuff. So. Well, I, I know over the years, definitely you weighing in when we start thinking about budgets and planning for the future. I, I've always really appreciated that you come from that experience uh, because some of us don't have a lot that deep kind of well of financial experience um, or budgeting or, you know, doing 
spreadsheets, you know, profits and loss and all that. I mean, I think that's been a huge, huge asset for us. Thanks, man. Um, Christy, what's your week look like? So like typically, like during the school year, like what does it typically look like Monday through? And I think you've been busy with some other really cool, exciting project. (laughs) More than a project, let's say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what normal is going to look like now, but um, I just, yeah, I just finished, I think you're referring to my master's program that I just finished up. So um, in what? Uh, marriage and family therapy. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So when our, I'm going to brag on you, when our youngest finally went to school, Chrissy had no college credits at all. Nope. And she, she got through her undergrad in two years, two and a half years, just cranking through. And then she just finished her master's. So in wow. like, I think in about a span of like four or five years, she, she did all of it. And How, straight your, A's the entire time. Wow. Well, yeah. How's your brain? Is your brain okay right now? <laughs> yeah, my brain actually loves that. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's got a great brain. After 18 years of stay-at-home momming it, it was really mm. fun to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially the master's part. But, yeah. So, co- yeah, coming out of this summer, we're kind of looking for the new normal. Um, but I'm, I guess what I'm picturing it to be is, you know, getting the kids off to school in the morning. Then probably seeing clients three, four days a week, hopefully mostly when the kids are in school. I don't know. Um, those hours are tough for people. Um, yeah, I we really try to prioritize e- uh, eating dinner together as a family. So, um, you know, a few times a week, try to make that happen. Date night on Friday, that's like a, that's been around since the beginning, like mm-hmm. since we were dating, dating. Valuable, valuable. Yeah, um, Matthew puts pretty high fences around that so I I give him credit for Mm. keeping that going yeah um so that's every Friday I mean we we rarely miss um and then Saturday morning is ultimate frisbee also high fences around that yeah (laughs) yep so um (laughs) yeah and then Saturday lunch with Matthew's dad and Sunday church and then it just swings back around yeah yeah so over the years as a pastor's wife, has there been any misconception about your role as uh, a wife of a, an elder and pastor or has it been? I mean, yeah. early on, I remember like as we were forming the church, like we kind of like our culture was emerging and I think all the wives were kind of like, we're not going to be in that like we're going to play piano and <laughs> run the Sunday school and put doilies out on the tables. Like that's just not who the redemption pastors and elders wives are, which praise the Lord. I, <laughs> I love it, you know? Um, and I just, I think I'm really thankful that that, that is the culture that has kind of developed is we're not expected to do any of that stuff or be a certain way. Um, what was the original question? Just what's the misconception? Yeah. Just, yeah, just misconception yeah. of being married to Matthew. Um, and I on think staff and pastor. with us both being musical and like we have a very like, with him in worship, and um, I think people have thought in the past that we, like, sit around and, like, sing worship songs together, which does happen, like, with the kids especially, but, like, Mm. yeah, he and I, we really don't, we don't do a whole lot (laughs) musically together. You have a comment? But, well, but before, um, you know, pursuing education, you were doing a lot of songwriting. Yeah, so that was kind of my, like, sanity. um, So, so, yeah, Rewinding back to like, why did I not want to date? Because I didn't want to get married. Why did I not want to get married? Because I didn't want to lose myself like as a person, which I saw mm. in a lot of um, marriages. And so 
Matthew kind of had to basically get me to trust that he was not going to let that happen. Mm. Um, and so for me, a lot of like that kind of like who I am part was the, was the writer in me. And so, um, so yeah, for the early years of our marriage, I mean, that was, I was doing a lot of songwriting. I was traveling, um, for conferences or co-writing and Matthew would hold down the fort with the kids and, um, you know, with the help of our, our parents too. But, um, yeah, so that, that was like a big part, a big part of my life. And then, yeah, as you probably know, like ev- everything changed in the music industry. It's just so profound um, that it really displaced a lot of what I was doing. Mm. Um, so I would re- write songs, record songs on a CD. If you guys know what a CD is, that's <laughs> short for compact disc. And um, print actual CDs and then have concerts and sell actual CDs to actual people. And that's how you'd make money. And then I would make the money back, which I would then reinvest into my next project over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, so yeah, things are a little different now. And uh, even writing is different. Um, writing is in very narrow um, groups now. and uh, So you used to work for a publisher yeah. like a, that would have artists and then they would have writers. They'd hire. So Chrissy was a writer for a publisher, and she would write for different artists that that publisher would. Well, not so much artists, but more choral pieces or different different things, projects. Yeah. But yeah, but with kind of the advent of like music as like a commodity or like a utility instead of like um, so like with the rise of Spotify and Apple Music and all that, um, it makes music much more available. But the profit margins are extremely small and unless you're like a huge hit artist where like people like Taylor Swift, like people are playing your music all the time. The, the middle, the middle rung got crushed. You know, they just can't, there's not enough production to really support that. Uh, that do you, do you still get any royalties? Every now and then, you know, yeah. it's nothing like she gets regular trickles. checks, but they're very small. <laughs> they're very small. Most of the time they're like, we're rolling your balance over until next month. Cause it's not worth the stamp. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's not only to the financial thing, but it was just like, there's just not people looking for songs. Yeah. It's like either you're, you're the artist and the radio plays the same 15 songs over and over again. Um, so yeah, it, it's been, it's been interesting. So anyway, that, that kind of led to this idea of, you know, when the kids were all in school, this is not going to be what I do anymore. So like, what am I going to do? What, yeah. who am I going to become? And like, mm. what is the second half of my life going to be about? Um, so I knew I wanted it to be about helping people either. I was either going to be a reading specialist or I was going to do counseling because I had been interested in counseling younger, but didn't feel comfortable sitting in a room at like 25. And I, I just, I wanted to like live some life. And so as I kind of thought about it, I was like, yeah, I feel like I, I could offer something here um, yeah. as a marriage and family therapist. So, What excites you the most about going into this career? <sighs> yeah, probably just the potential of, you know, being someone that a family or a couple or an individual could, you know, telling stories like this might say like, yeah, and like my therapist was like really like helpful and instrumental and, in, you know, in some aspect of my life, you know. Um, yeah, I think I've ever since I was really young, I've always wanted to, live my life with purpose and, you know, make an impact and like kind of spend it, if that makes sense, like, um, give it away. So I think Christy's uniquely wired to offer insight, to give insight to people. I think she did that through her music in kind of the first part of her vocational life. And that's translated into this role, but still very insightful. Like she'll listen really well 
Mm. And she's really good at connecting dots and offering insight. So, by the way, she just took a, accepted a new job at a bound family therapy in Queen Creek. So if anyone listening oh. needs a good Christian marriage and family this therapist. This podcast is sponsored by. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Not Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's exciting. When, so when do you officially start? I mean, I'm I'm ready to go. She's doing okay. it. Yeah, kind of waiting. Yeah, once the kids get back in school, I'll hope, try to hit the ground running a little bit. But, awesome. But, so we talked about date night. We talked about uh, the zoo that you have in your backyard. Yes. And uh, you talked about ultimate Frisbee. This is really, really interesting. This is the part that I was like, <laughs> okay, what do you guys do for fun? I know you do these things. Ultimate Frisbee. How did that happen? Why do you love the sport? And why do you continue to play? I thought it was dumb for about five years. He did. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Was I, that a contentious uh, point in your marriage? No, it marriage? was great because somebody had to stay home with the kids. So I'm like, great, you don't want to play? Fine, like, I'll go. But um, I played my first crazy chaotic game of Ultimate Frisbee where a lot of people do, which is youth camp. So I think it was like winter camp at Grace. You know, someone had a Frisbee and you're playing, quote, unquote, <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. I was like, this is really fun. Like, And then so I kind of sought out groups that would play and then it just became By the way, a regular thing. This is thing. not frisbee golf. Oh yeah. So everyone thinks oh, we really, play oh, frisbee that's, golf. Oh really? Oh. Ultimate wow. frisbee is like running around, kind of like soccer or football, but with a you, you're you, passing a frisbee. You throw a frisbee to each other. Yeah. There's yeah. Because no it, it's on a football field, pretty much, right? And you have yeah. soccer in, yeah, field or in go, or you know goals. Very cardio end intense. Zones. End zones. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't throwing the frisbee into the basket, which is a once again. Cool that's too. a cool game, but yeah. that's very different. So yeah. Yeah. Glad you clarified. I'm sure yeah. some of them Sorry, out there. Sorry, just wanted to make yeah. sure. <laughs> Clarity is so, one of that was, yeah. so Matthew didn't like her for five years, but then what happened uh, when he finally got on board? So, yeah, so that was a sanity thing for me, too, mm. as a mom, to be able to just oh, go out serious. there and yeah. just be, and even just as a, as like a, I'm a type five on the Enneagram. I'm a, in, like, kind of a cognitive person. So to be able to go out and be in my body and, mm. like, physical was really important, Um and so when Second Mile started, the the church plant that turned into Redemption Gateway, yeah, you and Eloy and a couple other folks started That's right. playing. Eloy, yeah, Wade Lewis, um, Alex Henderson. now at Christ Culture Church, yeah, yeah Alex. So yeah, we we kind of started a group, and that group's still going in yeah. a new form. However many years later, 13, 14. 15 years later, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think. Again, the kids getting to a point where they could babysit themselves and mm. Matthew being able to leave the, the house to do that. I think he just came with me a couple times, like, like oh, I'll try this out, you know. And then, yeah, and then he just took off and, you know, he's better than me now. And like, he just, he, yeah, he loves it. So it's, it's been a real fun thing to do together for I sure. I wouldn't say I'm better than you, but. And um, you guys traveled internationally to play. Oh yeah. Ultimate yeah. Frisbee. Where, you guys, time. where you guys went to Ireland, right? Yeah. We played at Worlds, representing the USA at Worlds last year. For the Grandmasters, which is ultimate language for old. Old people. <laughs> We're Grandmasters. Yep. <laughs> Don't you wish you could be a grandmaster at something? I bet <laughs> Jeffrey kidding. is. I, he probably he's is. got multiple <laughs> grandmasters. Yeah, Renaissance man. <laughs> Thank you. That's very yeah. kind. Um, anything else you guys do for fun? Eat. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, eat. yeah. Yeah, food's like a big eat. thing. Chrissy's a great cook. Yeah, I come from, my dad's, you know, Chinese, and so food is just a big part. Like, every celebration is, like, food. So he just picked me and Benjamin up from the airport. We just got back from Turkey visiting some of our church plant partners over there, and he brought, he picked us up with a homemade 
thing of Chinese dumplings so that we could oh. eat w- while he's driving us home. Because he's like, I thought you might be hungry. <laughs> so he like made us. <laughs> yes. Food equals love yeah. in our family. Yeah. Uh-huh. Big time. Is there a place locally that you love to eat out? Oh, oh, there's lots. Oh, gosh. We love Isabel's Amour. Mm-hmm. Very good. Just lo- yeah, real close by. Um, I don't know. There's a we, lot. We're not like when we go out, we try not to spend a ton of money. So we're, we're not going to any like super fancy places but i mean we like to we like charleston's we've we've charleston's has been a place for us since we were dating which is fun yep. um i don't know yeah not not particularly i we guess we went to yeah. brio last night that was good yeah, yeah nice good how do you see god using your relationship your marriage to for each other to help grow in christ yeah for me uh christy's a really good listener so I now I have a live-in counselor, <laughs> which the Lord knows I need it. <laughs> and for someone who likes to process out loud. Oh my gosh, I'm so that person. So that's a huge gift uh, to me, just to be able to sort through my feelings and my thoughts. And uh, I think another one is Chrissy's very uh, well-regulated emotionally. She's very stable um, whereas my, my emotional process is a little more like a roller coaster. Jeffrey knows this. He sits in elder meetings with me. Um, so that's really helpful. Uh, she's good at perspective. I'm not great at perspective. Everything's the most important thing. Whatever's going on, like is like a 10 for me whenever it's happening. So, so that's, I think that's some of how God's blessed me through you. There's lots of other ways, but what'd you say? I mean, just on a real practical level, I think just getting up in the morning and it's, you know, and seeing him open his Bible and, you know, start his quiet time, you know, when I'm about to go do something else, it's like, oh yeah, like I need to like pause and do this too, you know, and just kind of, um, yeah, that, that inspiration, I guess, or um, reminder is really helpful. Um, I think <laughs> he's... He's kind of really good at setting boundaries for me because I'm really bad at that. I uh, Like he said, he was in Turkey for 11 days and I'm still recovering from like lack of sleep. And I just, I don't stop and I don't like, I can tell like I'm, I'm hitting a wall here, but I'll just mm. keep going. Um, and so he's really good about like helping me rest and helping me stop and sit and like what do you call it buzzing I'm always yeah, she buzzing. buzzes around like a bee just buzzing buzzing all the time mm-hmm. yeah so he kind of helps me like kind of hit that sabbath i guess um without him it, it, i would need to do some major work on that i found out <laughs> in the last couple of weeks so um so yeah that's been that's well, been a blessing that's awesome yeah marriage marriage can do that for you especially when you continue to lean in and, and be selfless and and try to grow together um so the last five years have been really strange and difficult and um, tough to navigate. Uh, we had a, a rough election. We had COVID. We had lockdown. We had uh, race riots. Um, so as part of the elder team, like mm-hmm. Matthew, like how do you how do you see kind of us as a team kind of navigate some of those really interesting decisions we had to make and just situations. Yeah. So those were some of the broader cultural factors we were navigating. We also built a $11 million campus. That's right. And moved in. (laughs) That's kind of a small thing. Yeah. So that, that was also a big change. It's interesting how much place affects culture. Mm. So like even trying to figure out uh, staff dynamics in a new place in the midst of all those things you just mentioned. So, um, 
Yeah, I would say it has been a challenging season. There's there's been a lot. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Well, just like how how do you how do you think the team? How did we navigate it? What do you think you learned as being part of this team as we were navigating kind of all of those those cha- that change and those decisions we had to make? Yeah, I think one of the things I learned is um, in when people are feeling isolated or off balance. Uh, which a lot of COVID was that, like there was isolation. Um, you really need to lean in quickly and speak speak clearly um, about what, what's going on and what you see. I think um, we missed some opportunities to, to speak to people who were listening to other voices and they just weren't getting the opportunity to listen to our voices. Um, and that created a lot of like doubt and strange like... Um, strange concerns that were like, where is this coming from? Like, this isn't actually a thing here, but people feel like it's a thing, you know? And I think, uh, so I think trying to lean in, one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is, you know, kind of came out of that realization of like, we need to have some really good touch points with people throughout the week. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, babe? I mean, I know you're not an elder, but you're pretty, pretty close to one particularly okay yeah um well i'll 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 make a comment and let you kind of expand i mean i felt like it was amazing to watch um our unity as a team oh yeah and to navigate all those different situations and we all kind of still were rowing the boat in the same direction yeah and that was super encouraging so in terms of just doing that as a team over the last five years like you know, that, that experience, like how did that, how do you think that shaped you or just how do you see the kind of the team being so united through all those, those difficulties? Yeah. I mean, proximity is huge. We were able to, you know, stay connected and keep meeting and keep hearing one another and be honest with each other. Um, and I think there, there's a good, like everyone has a really good sense of like, uh, teachability and wanting to lean in and, and listen and learn. Cause we're not all I don't think we all just naturally agree about everything, but I think... And we're pretty different. Yeah, we're pretty different people, but um, we're all very connected in different ways to the church and to the people in the church, and um, we want to, like, hear one another. So um, I think listening well, um, feeling, creating environments where people feel the freedom to be honest uh, is really good. Um, I think pursuing just personal health, you know, you, you can get into these kind of reactive, anxious cycles personally, and even just being able to encourage each other when we feel like we're seeing some of that, um, has been helpful over time. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I really love the group of guys that I get to serve with. And I mean, it was funny. I don't know what people think elder meetings are like. Chrissy was just saying, I don't know what, I don't know what you guys do. Like (laughs) Benjamin, our son a few years ago told us that he thought an elder meeting was we all sit around with like cloaks with hoods on like Jedi's <laughs> in like a circle. And like, Oh, that's about right. I mean, he, so I was like, that is not it. It's just guys like sitting around just sharing, sharing their concerns, sharing their hearts, praying for each other and praying for the church. So um, it's like a great small group, honestly, or like a great discipleship group. Yeah. Um, I'm, I love, I mean, we, we've, we've had, tears we have a lot of laughter we love ribbing each other um because we're so somewhat unique and we have different experiences and with staff and non-staff lay elders we bring a a 
different perspectives. And yeah. so I think it's just been super healthy. We have those that are, will weigh in really quickly on, on, uh, you know, an, an idea or a topic. We have others that kind of sit back and kind of consume and kind of think about it and ruminate. And yeah. then we have to draw them out, but yeah. then you draw them out and it's like, Oh wow, that was really great. So yeah. I, I mean, I love our, our elder meetings. Totally. They're really, they're great. Absolutely. So they're too early in the morning, but mm. Luke is they still are. work still working on trying to make me a morning person. Gosh, so. I would love to have them later. Yes. But then I heard if you have a, 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 a night elder meetings, they just they drag end. into the night. And I, we don't want that either because we all love our sleep. It's true. I think we could end them on time. but <laughs> Yeah, because you turn into a pumpkin at I, eight. That's right. I do. Oh, I really? A pumpkin at eight. At yeah. eight o'clock, things start to go oh, down. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, everyone kind of has their Achilles heel. Like some people it's like if they're hungry or whatever, for me, it's if I'm tired, I'm like not functional. True. We have a child in our home. That's like that. It hits, it's about nine o'clock and then everything is, is the world is ending. No one loves me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? We try to get him to bed before that happens. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, let's wrap up with some fun rapid fire questions. How do you like to Sabbath? And, and for you guys, when do you guys Sabbath? Because you're a lot of times serving on Sunday. Fridays. Yeah, Fridays are great. Uh, Fridays, date night. So there's always like this anticipation of like we get to end the night together. And we try to work date night out so that when we come home, we don't have to tuck the kids in. Like we kind of sneak. doesn't always work. But, um, you know, that's nice. Uh, so I think there's three different ways that I rest. Uh, one is by getting away. So we live in a fairly energetic, chaotic home. So getting, getting out of like literally out of town, um, we have, like I mentioned, we have a place in Oceanside and that's a huge blessing, like a huge blessing. So, um, I do that 68 times a year, six to eight times a year, <laughs> 68 times. That'd be amazing. Uh, so that's one, a second one would be play. So I rest through play, uh, which we play ultimate Frisbee, but it's been various forms of play throughout the years, uh, and I love it when we can do it together. And then the third one is, I can't remember. We just talked about this. What was it? Um, working in the yard. Oh, yeah, working in the yard. I love cultivating our our outdoor space. So it's awesome. Projects, trimming trees, mowing the lawn, which is crazy. I sound like such an old man, but I really <laughs> like that. Oh, that's awesome. Chrissy, any other, anything you would add or change in terms of how you like to Sabbath? Uh, I mean, my favorite thing is to go to Starbucks in the morning, get a coffee and have like books or my computer to just journal or yeah, read, write. Um, yeah, that's like, yeah. that's like my favorite thing right now. Anyway. Dar- Darshan, I saw your daughter, uh, yesterday afternoon. I worked a couple hours at Starbucks and we got to see your daughter and wave yes, to her. Partner so. of the quarter last year. Last she's year. Really? She, uh, wow. She's crushing at the, the green is. apron, huh? She's crushing it. She <laughs> really is. She's now a trainer. She moved. Moving up in the world, yeah. Nice. Um, What are the three most important apps on your phone? For for me, it's Clash Royale, which is a it's a little game app that my son got me into years ago. It's that's awesome. It's the only game I play. Do you guys play it together, or you just play by yourself? We do sometimes, but mostly I play by myself. It's the the little matches last three minutes, which is perfect. Okay, you can Clash Royale, Clash Royale, Clash. You've heard of Clash of Clans? It's like it's a derivative of that. Okay, got Um, it. So there's that one. The weather app. Oh, my gosh. I'm you really, are an old man. I'm really into the weather, Jeffrey. You, you are an old man. <laughs> I like to know what's going to happen. And I'm always praying for rain, which we are not getting. No. I always check the weather, like, first thing in the morning. 
which is so funny. I refuse to Christy check doesn't the check the weather at all. This is awesome. I love this. Um, and then my third one is, uh, what did we say when we were driving over? I don't know. Was it like podcasts or something? Oh, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. So oh, okay. Audible. Nice. All right. Yeah. Christy? Uh, I mean, if you skip like the obvious Gmail and stuff. Uh, I mean, for me, calendar is like... Oh, yeah. Oh my, I live and die by my calendar, and I still screw things up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I'm managing seven people's lives, basically. So, calendar is, is constantly uh, being accessed, as well as maps to get to all the places that I'm going. Um, yeah, we and still then, do a lot of driving, but we have, oh my we gosh, have yeah. teenage drivers now. I know. It's just still do a lot happens. of driving. Um, and then, on, like, honestly, Facebook is, like, my like my window to the world. Like I, I rarely post on Facebook. I'm more of a lurker, but I use it for, you know, um, like finding animals or, you know, uh, crowd, I really crowdsourcing a lot. Um, and just what's going on and keeping up with people and buying and selling things. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot for those, for those reasons. And I, you know, I do the scrolling thing so solid yeah so you talked about oceanside as a place to vacation anywhere else that you you both just love to vacation together we can only go places we can drive so we really don't mix it up very much unless uh, there's a frisbee tournament yeah what's so restful about going to the same place is you don't have to make any decisions Mm. and i feel like i spend a lot of my day making decisions that's a lot of what my job is and so when i want to rest i don't want to make decisions yeah it's kind of like we have a home there we have friends. We have a community. So yeah, yeah. What's the good. local restaurant that you guys love by your Oceanside oh my place? Gosh, so many. Yeah. Uh, local tap house. Local tap house. If we were going to say one thing, if you're in Oceanside, go to local tap house. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 So is uh, decision fatigue? Is that a real thing for you? Yes, for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, I not just for Christy. That so you didn't have to decide. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, little babe. Yeah. Um, so what makes you laugh more, physical or verbal comedy? Verbal, 100%. 100%. Yeah, both yeah. of us. We really value intellectual humor. That's one of the things I love about Christy. She's really funny, but she's so quiet and under kind of un, like soft-spoken that unless you're really paying attention, you'll miss it. But she's really funny. One of our favorite things when we were dating was to sit in the back <laughs> row of the youth group and just make sarcastic <laughs> comments during the service. Like the Muppets. We had to stop because it wasn't good for our faith, but it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's dangerous if you love to people watch um, to oh, get yeah. also get into that. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favorite book of the Bible and why? Mm. Mine oh, changes. Yeah. Mine's so. the Psalms. Like that's super easy. Mm. Okay. I just feel like I I meet the Lord there. I've I mentioned I'm a pretty emotional person, and there's just all the emotion. It's true. That worship through line again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. More right. to mm. more to dive in there, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Season five. So season six. <laughs> the, the whole season just on Matthew. That oh, would brother. be that would be interesting, yeah. right? Oh, I don't know. I think it would people would leave the church. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I could just not listen to the podcast. It's okay. It's a little extreme. How about you, babe? Um, right now, and a lot of times, honestly, Ecclesiastes is kind of mm. my favorite book. Um, Who says Ecclesiastes is <laughs> oh, their favorite such, book? Oh, it's such a great meaningless, book, though. Meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless. I, I love the honesty. I love yeah. that it doesn't shy away from mm. saying that, like, life feels meaningless. Like, yeah, it does, you yeah. know? And, like, um, fighting through that and kind of coming to the conclusions that he comes to. And, um, yeah, I just... 
I love that it isn't all raw, raw, or you know, it's and it's it's deep and it's honest. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's really really honest. I want to explore that just really quickly. I know this is the kind of we're kind of wrapping up, but do you feel like sometimes the church gets a this connotation even from the outside? Is it we're just shiny happy people? Mm-hmm. Nothing really bothers us. There's nothing that's wrong in the world. We get to have our head in the sand with a big old smile. Absolutely. And, and Ecclesiastes kind of says no. You know, if you're yeah. following Christ, it should be difficult and there should be suffering. But like, t- tell me more kind of like, is it part of that? Is it because of the, this outside view or even within the church there that we're just all happy people and this brings a level of soberness? Like, what is it? I mean, it's hard because, you know, I've been in the church since junior high, so it's hard to kind of parse mm. that out. Um, I do have a song called Happy All the Time uh, <laughs> that I wrote kind of more about what you're talking, like more of the church you can kind find of, it on YouTube. You can. Like oh. Chandler Cruz sings it. It's it's beautiful. He's the worship leader at North Mountain. He's awesome. Yeah. Go Chandler. Go um, Chandler. But yeah, that one, that song kind of pushes back a little more on that expectation of like shiny, happy people um, a yeah. little bit. So, so yeah, I don't know, babe, what you would say. Well, it's your, it's your favorite book. <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Christy's a realist for sure. Yeah. And I think you appreciate just the realism of it. Oh. Yeah, I think so. Um, so one other question. You you mentioned Enneagram 5, and you're an Enneagram... One. Oh, okay. Self-preservation one. I have three ones in my house. It's. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's are there are there rules pa- tacked up on the on the walls at no, all? No, all of our rules are internal. Oh, mm, that's yes. right. Yeah, we, are, we are guided by our own internal yeah. self-determined compass, and they don't always... How is the same direction. how has Enneagram helped your marriage in terms of just oh, speaking the language and yes. understanding and diving deep? Yeah, it's it's been very extremely helpful. Just yeah, yeah, to feel like uh you know give a framework for what what's happening here. Like why are mm. we colliding like this? Um, why why can't we seem to see things you know the same way? And what's you know and it's because your your values your deep deep held values are colliding. Yeah. Um, and so you have to kind of figure that out and then, you know, and then address that and find where you have common ground. But, um, Enneagram just like, again, it's a framework. It's not magical or anything, but, um, very helpful. Agreed. Yeah. Gosh, thank you so much for your time. It has been great having a conversation with you guys. Thank you for how you serve our church. I mean, Matthew and your role, but also just Christy supporting Matthew and just, um, just all the time. Matthew without Christy. (laughs) Yes, for sure. This is true. Well, for those of you listening, we love you so much. We hope this has been helpful and encouraging, and uh, we love you. We look forward to just continue to walk together as we walk towards Christ into the future of hope. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.